0: You know, you got you got nice
1: color skin. What color would you say that is? My color.
0: The Osage. They have the worst land possible. But they outsmarted everybody. The land had oil on it. Black gold. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir.
1: <laughs> this wealth should come to us. Their
0: time is over. It's just going to be another tragedy. When this money start coming, we should have known it came with something else.
1: They're like buzzards circling our people.
0: We're still warriors.
1: I ought to kill these white men who killed my family. I need you here. I am.
0: You got to take back control of your home. I was uh, sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. See what about them? See who's doing it. Expecting a miracle to make all this go away. You know they don't happen anymore.
1: Welcome back to the Cinemania World Podcast. I'm Larry, and today we are talking Killers of the Flower Moon, the latest epic from Martin Scorsese. And here to review the film with me, I am joined by my fellow Cinemania World Podcast member, as well as Candid Cinema herself, Manda. Hi, Manda
0: hi i am so happy to be doing this review with you today larry scorsese's like my ultimate favorite so i'm really excited to dive into
1: this one uh (laughs) uh-oh Well, as we said, Killers of the Flower Moon is a 2021 crime historic drama directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, John Lithgow, and Brendan Fraser, as well as Jesse Plemons. The film, uh, and edit that out, (laughs) Dwayne. When oil is discovered in 1920s Oklahoma under Osage Nation land, the Osage people are murdered one by one until the FBI steps in to unravel the mystery. So heading into this weekend, I feel like so much of the discourse was about that three hour and 26 minute runtime when it came to killers. Did that feel daunting to you, Amanda, heading into the theater, or was it like a, a thing of excitement?
0: Um, I think because The Irishman clocked in around the same time, I wasn't um I wasn't afraid of it. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I like if it, it comes down to the pacing of the film. Um, and I know that Thelma Shoemaker is like extraordinary and has worked with Marty for. Uh, you know, every single film, so it's just the fact that like it didn't it wasn't daunting. it was more so like i I expected the runtime, but I think people complaining about the runtime, it just doesn't make sense to me because if you can sit through like three hours and forty five minutes of a John Wick action film, then like I just don't understand why people have been like complaining about it um. <laughs> I, I don't know I'm like I I saw I remember seeing the John Wick runtime and I'm like you got to be you, you're joking like it's John Wick four and it's like almost like three hours here I was like what are you talking about so um, <laughs> I think it just comes down to pacing I know that people can't sit for long and I completely understand that that's the one thing um, but I guess when it goes to streaming that's gonna be the ultimate test for people.
1: Yeah, because this is an Apple Plus production. It's an Apple Mm -hmm. film. So it's getting it's a nice little theatrical run, getting that awards, you know, buzz and awards qualification before it does eventually hit Apple TV Plus for streaming down the road. Which, as much as we give flack to these streaming services, uh, when you look at it, I mean, his last two films from Scorsese have gotten their budgets. And been released by streamers, Netflix, and now Apple, and I feel like they both have given him all the support he needed. (laughs) Oh, so you know they're not all bad. These streaming services they they are places (laughs) I think in some some cases for auteurs to go for like filmmakers to go because they're not as concerned with the box office bottom dollar. Mm -hmm. So they'll let some of these you know filmmakers have their choices that sometimes the big studios wouldn't because of that like bottom dollar box office mindset so i don't know if another studio had picked up killers would scorsese have gotten that huge budget he got i'm not sure so <laughs> i highly doubt it <laughs> because <laughs> it's a big budget y'all i mean he it's... did get 200 mil for this film which it, it Martin Scorsese. So, give him yeah. what he needs. but Exactly. Here we are. I guess let's talk about it. Let's talk about if that three hours and 26-minute runtime is warranted, if that $200 million is warranted now that we have seen the film. Manda, what were your overall thoughts on Killers of the Flower Moon? I...
0: I really, it was a, it was a hard watch. I think I'll start off with that. It's very difficult to watch. I think like all the performances are stellar. I think Lily Gladstone was the heart of this film and she kept it grounded. Um, mind you, she didn't really have that much screen time. I wish that it was just a bit more in focus for her considering what happens, um, with her and her family. Um, I do think that they adapted the book quite well. I did read the book by David Grant, and, um, he put the focus more like it was a true crime story. Um, so he would work in, uh, the, you know, the court filings and what happened with the massacre with the actual story of Molly Brown and Ernest Burkhart. So I think that the shift in focus to be on Burkhart was a way that, scorsese and i believe it's eric roth who co-wrote the screenplay to show just the corruption within the system and what had happened to the osage um dicaprio gave a great performance i think de niro was absolutely terrifying as william hale um probably my most hated character of robert de niro (laughs) <laughs> I did not expect that. I'm like, I've never hated a single character that he has played, and this is the one. I was like, damn. And even like at his age, to give a performance like this, I was really, really pleasantly surprised. Um, but I do think that they handled uh, the storyline uh, well, I think. Um, it was very brutal to see some of the things that did happen, but it's absolutely necessary, and Scorsese did not shy away of actually showing um, what had happened uh, and it's completely devastating so it's a very educational relevant and necessary film
1: yeah I feel like overall I've, I'm probably a little bit more conflicted than you I knew mm-hmm. that headed in I was like oh Amanda yeah. getting mad at me no, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so coming out of it I was definitely look it's a it's obviously a stunningly made film the cinematography mm-hmm. is absolutely just breathtaking yeah. as you said the performances are fantastic i think the two standouts for me you know leo's always great but it was definitely lily gladstone and robert de niro for me mm-hmm. took the sh- like stole the whole thing robert de niro the way he balances like this act and then this sinister underside is so good i don't, yeah. I thought he was amazing and then lily gladstone also gives a much more understated performance that just has these bursts of you know like outcries or passion that fire through but she does so much in the quietness of her performance that mm-hmm. it's i mean it's really Amazing. I will say I was a little bit shocked because there was so much talk about her going lead. I, I was right. shocked I wasn't in it a little bit more to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't like what happens towards, I guess, the middle, if we want to call it the middle, <laughs> what happens <laughs> with her uh, for how long this goes on. Um, it's not really a focus in the book. So it's definitely a choice uh, to kind of change that up and do what they did. To her, Um, it was mentioned in the book, but it was just pretty heavy-handed to have her in that condition, right? So I was very surprised that they did that.
1: Yeah, but it's it's something to just be furious for three and a half hours. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it like, was... slowly builds too, right? Like, I was just angry. sitting in that mid in that theater the first time because I've seen it twice now because they didn't let me bring a guest to the screening. So I had to take my mm-hmm. grandma to go watch. <laughs> um and watching it in the screening, I was just like fuming in my seat <laughs> watching it. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it's I think Maybe that's where I but I don't know. I feel like people don't really know what it is they're heading into. Maybe that's where the trepidation of the runtime is, is because it is such a heavy topic to sit through for three hours. But the mm-hmm. screenplay does do a good job of keeping the story interesting of what's going on and keeping you invested in the characters that are here and the plight of the people that are on screen. So yeah that that aspect of it still worked for me the the problem I have is something that is a problem inherent to the book I know and Scorsese actually improved on the book in this aspect from what I hear because I haven't actually read the book sorry Mm -hmm. but it's obviously much more of a historical retelling just kind of like this is what happened (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is this is the case uh and how the fbi came to be um (laughs) and the film thankfully scorsese decided to center it at least more around the native people because Mm -hmm. from what i've heard the book is like just about the white folks like the native folks are there their story is kind of there but it's much more about the white people involved and so how how do you center it on the Native people? And I think Scorsese did what he could to try to do that. And I know that he was heavily involved with the Osage Nation and got so much of their input. And so I think I, I think the discourse needs to be more subtle. Because I think two things can be true, and this is where I'm falling in line, is that I don't think Scorsese was in any way disrespectful. I think mm-hmm. he actually was very respectful. But at the same time, I wish this story was centered on a Native person rather than the terrible white man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what I left feeling like, oh, I, I really wish Lily Gladstone was the actual lead for this specific story. Yeah,
0: I, I totally agree. That, no, I do agree. I, I was flipping back and forth with it too. And the more that I, you know, I saw people talk about it, the more like I I kind of fell in line with that as well. Um, the thing is, is that it when it goes to Ernest's perspective, it falls in line with majority of Scorsese's work. Um, and I think that if he did center it around molly that would have been a um a departure for him not saying that it's not right or wrong i completely agree that she should have been in it more but i think that he's it still feels like a scorsese picture because of the perspective that he chose um and i think that he just wanted to show what you know these white people did And I think that to show the main, like, destruction of this character and just, like, how stupid Ernest was and, you know, the betrayal and the deceit, like, all of it, especially, like, within a marriage, like, there's so many components there to make a story while also centering it on Molly and her family. So I think that this is, like the Scorsese way of doing this story. And I think that, you know, the criticism from it, from the, um, from Osage, from the Osage, uh, nation too, there's, there was a gentleman on, um, on the red carpet. I think that video has been circling and how he's been like openly discussing it, which is totally warranted. Like we need that. It's not black and white, you know, we need, we need opinions. We need people who, um, can criticize it openly and have an open discussion about this so we can improve the, like these stories and to have their voices heard. So I think that the most important thing coming out of killers of the flower moon is that a conversation is being had.
1: And a conversation about a historical moment that really Mm -hmm. is not taught in uh, no. you know, American schools, <laughs> even not though it's all. a horrific part of American history, they don't yeah. teach it. And, you know, now with laws saying they can't even teach like Florida, passing laws that they can't even teach like civil rights and black history. It's like, what? We're not even teaching our full history now. Like what's going yeah. on? <laughs> We're already covering it up. So this film is already bringing a discussion to something so many of us like had never really heard of and didn't Mm -hmm. even know happened and that was one of the biggest things for me is leaving the film it made me want to immediately run to google yeah (laughs) like i immediately wanted to run to google and just learn what i needed to learn about Mm-hmm. The whole situation, you know, and and I did say it. I was just furious the whole runtime, which is a testament to the film itself, is that it elicited a strong emotional reaction <laughs> from me like, yeah. consistently.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just it's incredible. Like it's three thirty-five like three hours and 35 minutes and each hour you just get angrier at what you're watching on screen and how it unfolds. Like even the last scene between like Lily and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I was floored (laughs) and it was only like, it was like not even three lines between them. And I'm like, Oh my God, like this is just so good. And the thing is, is that when you watch this, you're like, you kind of feel the runtime in the last half hour you feel it just a bit however every single scene that leads up to like the next and it keeps going and going every single scene matters in this movie so it's really hard to say well this could have been cut but it's it it's impossible to say that here
1: Yeah, it's one of those situations where, kind of like a lot of biopics, it's hard because the events he's covering are, like, a couple decades. Like, he's covering a span of, you know, just under, like, two decades worth of material. Mm -hmm. So, to put all of that into a film, I mean, you need time. Like, you just inherently need time to tell the events of multiple years worth of historic events happening yeah. and to get the scope of what's actually going down so i did hear that the book did the book leave it more of a mystery of if Ernest specifically was involved or was it pretty blatant and upfront at the beginning
0: um it was it wasn't at the beginning from what i remember i remember reading it and it was like halfway through And I was like, oh, why is this happening? Like, why would they do that? Because they started with like early, it was like early um, murders that were happening. And then they kind of like set the tone of what was happening in the Osage um, County at the time. And just the richness of the Osage Nation. Because Scorsese did show that at the very beginning and how like they lived before these white men basically just, ruined their entire system and way of life um, as they kept coming in. So yeah, the book covered a lot of ground and then it just slowly peeled back those layers. But I kind of like that the sit down between De Niro and DiCaprio at the very beginning just set the tone for their relationship and their dynamic throughout the yeah. entire film. I really like that they did that, which is a good change from the book.
1: Well, people are talking about DiCaprio as well and his character being too sympathetic of a lead. How do you feel about that, Amanda?
0: I mean, it was hard. It's because the focus was on him. That's it. The point blank, that's what it is. And it was hard to kind of watch that because you didn't sympathize with him. I know I didn't. <laughs> I was just like, "You're you're the biggest dummy I've ever seen in my life. In this movie. Um, But that's also like um, a testament to DiCaprio and playing that level of complexity with this character because he obviously didn't want to disappoint his uncle. And he also genuinely did love Molly at the same time. He was just in this very weird in-between that he couldn't make a decision for himself, which is absolutely terrible. Um, So I, I didn't sympathize with him. I, I did not <laughs> at all. So it was hard. Like even at the end when he's on trial, I'm like, why, why are we doing all of this? Like, this is just, he's a terrible person, period. And then, you know, that like with other Scorsese pictures, like he loves putting, he really enjoys kind of like digging deep into these characters to show like audiences how bad people can be. Like they're supposed to be unlikable too. Um, yeah. So I I think that, DiCaprio did that quite well It's not my favorite performance of his A lot of people are saying that it is And I just, I disagree with that But that's a whole other topic
1: yeah, of a conversation I, I'm very much in line with you on that It's not
0: Okay, good Not, not
1: the best for me But uh, <laughs> You know, again, yeah. it's good um, I'm definitely still team Killian Murphy and lead actor Sorry, you know Same um, But <laughs> i honestly again i'm i'm more in line with like all right supporting actor possibly lead actress that's where i'm going for this one Mm because sorry rdj but you weren't able to touch what de niro did for me that's just how it is but (laughs) that is true (laughs) but this film also is very interesting in that final act I thought the final act somewhat took a bit of a turn in tone, which was interesting. Um, Partially because we get to this trial, and again, it's been a lot talked about, and Brendan Fraser enters the picture. (laughs) How'd you feel about Fraser's performance?
0: (sighs) It it surprised me. I think that's the best <laughs> word. I didn't I didn't expect him to come out guns a blazin' like that as the lawyer at all. I was like, what is happening? Um, it felt very, and I don't want to say out of place. I think, I, yeah, I think that's the best word to use. That it felt out of place with what everyone else was doing. Um, but like yeah. when he isn't in the courtroom. And he was, like, yelling at Leo. Like, I felt that was out of place. But within the courtroom when he was with John Lithgow, there's, like, that one scene there. I'm like, okay, now I get it. Like, this I understand. <laughs> but outside of the courtroom, I was like, why, why are we still on, like, level 100 here, Brendan? Like, why are we well, up was- here?
1: So... I think part of it was, too, is the framing on his first shot in the courtroom when he stands up and starts yelling. We're Mm. also framed, uh, like, looking up at him. So he's, like, towering and screaming. Yeah. So it's just like, whoa, wait, what's going on? Where did he come from? yeah it was very shocking (laughs) but i feel like they also that's where they try to add quite a bit of like random little comedy uh they do it in the second act too with like leo and uh robert de niro and i have to say for me those are the moments where I'm like, I didn't laugh because I was like, I'm not laughing at anything that these two humans do. I'm sorry. It's a, I know maybe it's yeah, objectively same. kind of cute or funny banter if I didn't know that they were doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But I can't laugh. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for y'all to die or something. Like, I can't <laughs> laugh right now. I'm sorry. I'm angry. Uh, <laughs> I felt the same. <laughs> like they would do these little moments between the two. And I'm like, uh, no, uh, no. Um, but (laughs) then we get to that trial and then we have the very end, which I'm not going to spoil here, but how'd you feel about how Scorsese chose to wrap up the film? I thought it was brilliant.
0: In all honesty, it just took you out of the picture itself. Um, and took you back to a time where, you know, this is how they told stories. I think I'm trying to I'm trying yeah. to say it without spoiling, because <laughs> um, because for him he values he values history he values you know cinema history he values all forms of um, you know technology and history and um, what it was like to create that authentic experience for audiences. I think that that's what was presented at the end of this, um, and I thought it, I just thought it was brilliant work. I really did just to drive it home that this is a it's not it's more than a story what you just witnessed is more than a story it's history it's factual the there were actual like indigenous people involved here innocent indigenous people involved here and i think that it made such an impact that ending
1: yeah and it it definitely goes in line with kind of the theme that happened earlier like Mm -hmm. robert de niro has this monologue kind of uh, this discussion at least with leonardo dicaprio about the fact that people will be mad for a little while but soon enough it's just gonna become a story a story in in the books you know like that people tell each other and that they know but that's all it is anymore and in so many ways that's what history kind of becomes as Mm -hmm. atrocities that take place just become kind of stories and I thought it was an interesting way to bookend the film with that kind of point made not too long before we get to the conclusion. So a lot of, a lot of interesting choices I'd say from Scorsese as per usual. Uh, <laughs> how would you rank this? You don't you know, not specific. You don't have to be like number 17 or something. <laughs> how would you rank this among Scorsese filmography?
0: Oh, wow. Um, Oh goodness. For me, how can I put this? It's not a film that I will rewatch often. And I think that for me, when it comes to my favorite, my personal ranking of Scorsese, I would have to be able to pop it in whenever, or if it's on television, I'll watch it immediately. Like that's how I, I rank them. And I think that for me, Killers of the Flower Moon, especially this late in his career is just shy out of like the top 10 for me. Like it's not in my top 10, but it's it's yeah. like maybe like 12, 13 I'd say, like around there. So not like
1: upper tier Scorsese in your book. More I, mid-tier. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I hate saying that the length is an issue because it shouldn't be an issue, but for me it's like it, it kind it kind of is cuz I felt it. Normally yeah. like The yeah. Irishman is three and a half. I've watched it like seven times. So like, that. (laughs) so that's the thing. It's like, I didn't feel it with the Irishman, whereas I felt it with, uh, killers of the flower moon, but it's still an exceptionally, um, well-made film at the same time. So. Perfect.
1: Any final thoughts?
0: Um, I just want people to watch it and support Martin Scorsese, please, 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 because he <laughs> still has so many films left in him, so many stories left in him, and he just loves what he what he does. And I think the youngins have to start supporting him and showing up, which they have um, at the at the theater this weekend, which just made me really, really happy. So just watch it, give it a chance. Go watch his old stuff too, and then you'll fall in love with his work. <laughs>
1: Also, anybody who gets the opportunity to interview Martin Scorsese, (laughs) ask him about about history, ask him about film history, ask him about his work. And don't you dare bring up the word comic book or blockbuster to him again. Mm -hmm. I am so – like, if anybody says those words in a Scorsese interview from this point forward, they need to be grabbed and thrown out the room. Like, I'm so – tired ask this man about what he is doing i'm like he (laughs) you're sitting across from a legendary filmmaker with literal decades of work under his belt why are we asking him about this nonsense it makes me so annoyed (laughs) and you've like turned a younger generation against this like old man because of his because you keep insisting on asking him about their favorite movies, and you know it's going to get clicks. It's so ridiculous. but It's
0: so bad, I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is one kind of like you. I feel like I respect so much about it while also still feeling a little bit uh, in between on some of the aspects. I mm-hmm. think it's a beautifully crafted film, but it's it's hard to sit through a movie like this. For three and a half hours Just no matter mm-hmm. how well it's made yeah. Just the subject matter And what you're having to watch And the pace at which it has to be told It's a, it's a difficult task Um, And <laughs> I think that ultimately Is where we're going to go with This maybe even heading into Award season we'll see what happens there uh, I think technically Obviously it's going to be A beaut Um. <laughs> In the technical yeah. aspects, but we'll we'll see if if it ends up doing big or if it gets Irishman. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's I think it's a really a really good Scorsese film, but misses out on his like masterpiece tier that we know. I think it's still in there for him, and we know he's been able to produce so. Let us know if you are checking out Killers of the Flower Moon this weekend. Let us know your thoughts. Did you feel the runtime and how do you feel about so many of the <laughs> the controversial aspects of this film, the very divisive aspects of this film that have come out of people's viewings? of it i was pleased to see it get an a minus cinema score though so audiences that did see it that runtime obviously didn't deter them too much they enjoyed the film which is good so yeah go out see if that runtime is a a deterrent for yourself and let us know your thoughts on this film manda thank you so much for joining me to discuss killers of the flower moon let everyone know where they can find you
0: I love that you had me on for Killers of the Flower Moon. I love having this discussion with you, Larry. Um, You guys can always follow me over at AMXNDReviews on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. You can check out my website, CandidXCinema.com, and my YouTube, Candid Cinema.
1: Perfect. And you can find me at Chili Boy Productions over on YouTube and Instagram and Chili Boy YT on Twitter. Make sure you are following the Cinemania World podcast on all the social medias at Cinemania World. Thank you all for listening with us today. And we can't wait to catch you on the next one. Bye.